0: Wealth Within offers a range of investment and educational services to help you secure your financial future. Whether you're an aspiring trader or simply want to increase the strength of your portfolio, Wealth Within are dedicated to maximizing your investment returns. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. and Today I want to really sort of have a chat about a lot of little things that uh, have been happening around me at the moment or on the market. Uh, and it's simply because we're getting more and more bombarded now by ads on the tv or letters in the mail or um, advertisements in the papers from all the big institutions you manage funds your industry super funds all those sorts of things and they're all saying a whole lot of information about why you shouldn't be panicking about the market or why long-term buy and hold is the best and a whole range of different things and i wanted to look at the reality of everything and what they're actually saying because some of the markets are saying or some not some of the markets some of the ads or i think i uh, hear them saying saying well we can buy shares cheaper than you you know the than the average investor or that um, you know by by using our fund you know that we can buy more shares at cheaper prices than you and and diversify your risk and and to me that's not necessarily accurate it is accurate in some way but it's not accurate in the sense of what what's in it for me or in the case of what's in it for you so to speak so uh, they they're continually putting out long term you know buy long term the market continues to rise to previous highs and there's always nice people on the on the ads and they're saying a whole lot of things but at the end of the day to me it's very much as what's in your back pocket what what's your money like now what was it like 12 months ago what was it like 2 years ago what was it like 5 years ago And are you moving forward or behind? And should you listen to these people? It's sort of like saying... And and some of the ads are saying to me, oh, we've got our experts and they're ready and raring to make you money and they're ready and raring to do all the things they need to do so they get your portfolio getting positive. Well, weren't they ready and raring two years ago to do the same thing and yet they failed to act uh, and failed to get you out of the market or protect your capital? And that's why so many people are sitting on, you know, minus 40, 50, 60, 70%. And to me... It's a bit late now, telling us that, and, and they're the things that I sort of look at a little bit better. At because at the end of the day, uh, people listening to these podcasts know that I'm not a big advocate of buy and hold or long-term buy and hold. Um, I'm much more uh, an advocate of buy hold as long as you need to hold, and then get out of it. and And it's more of an active portfolio management rather than a passive one. And that's where I come from because I think you know the whole it's time in the market that counts. Um, or time in the market, not timing the market, that they talk about as well. I'm not necessarily um, 100% behind that statement either. I think it's a bit of both. You need to time your entry into the market, but then once you're in, you've got to leave it in there or leave it in there for a period of time to actually get the return that you want. And I've got sitting in front of me a a chart that was by one of the large financial planning or one of the large investment companies about the share market from 1974 to 2008 and it says you know how many times the market falls and it says it says on there our market's only fallen seven times by more than 10 percent in the last 20 or 30 years and to me it's fallen more than that it's just you can manipulate figures however you like interesting thing on that it talks it's got two recessions there between 81 and sort of mid 83 and somewhere between 89 and 92 there were two recessions and the one in 81 to 83, the market actually rose quite strongly. And the one between 89 and 92, they've got it. The market did rise. It was higher than what it was when it started. It had a bit of a dip in the middle, sort of into 91, but then it took off again. And so there were some times in there uh, that it, it backs up what I talk about is quite often markets go up in recession. So to me, is that R word? Is that a big problem to people when they talk about it on the TV? You know, Oh, we're going into recession, and I think, Quite often, the media concentrate on the wrong things. They talk about short-term things. Oh, the Dow went down 200 points last night. Well, who cares? Uh, to me, it's not what happens one night. It's what happens over a whole lot of days and weeks and months. And, and as a collective, that really makes a difference. And I find the media, want some, they, they concentrate on what's immediate. The BHP's up today or BHP's down today. And again, that's not really, really relevant. It's what's the bigger picture. How are you managing your portfolio's? And one of the things I I see that they talk about is these economies of scale. You know, we can, if you give your money to us, we can do better for it. It'll cost you less money. We spread your risk, diversify your risk. But really what is diversification and what is risk? And for those who've read my book, How to Beat the Managed Funds by 20%, you'll know what I'm talking about here and that, you know, you really only need between 8 and 12 shares in your portfolio to have the minimal amount of risk that you can get on a portfolio. So by buying 30, 40, 50 shares, is not really really helping anybody out. All you're doing is taking on more risk. But some of the times is they talk about it as a balanced portfolio too. And and as I said at the start of this podcast, I want to talk about a lot of little things. And we talk, we hear these people talk about balanced portfolio. Or is your portfolio portfolio balanced? But what is balanced, and and what does it mean to you? And in the terms of a fund manager, it, it's different than what I would do as an individual investor. And according to a fund manager, and I'll give you an example here, is let's just say a fund manager says, I want to only want to have 10% position sizing in any share. That what they do is have 10 shares with 10% in each. Now, if one share goes up to eleven or twelve percent, what they actually do is sell that extra one or two percent or buy more of the other nine shares to balance it back to ten percent. And this could go on every single day. So they could sell. So they maybe say one share's gone down to 8% and one's gone up to 12%. they will put more money, take the money out of the one that's going up and put it in the one that's going down. Now, to me, that's not necessarily smart investing. And that's what happens in the industry all the time because they need to wait to their mandates or have that balance to their mandate. Whereas as an individual, if you own BHP shares and, and let's say you bought it at $10 and wouldn't we all like to buy BHP at $10 and and at the time it was 10% in your portfolio, and it rose to $15, why would you want to sell it? I'd be wanting to keep it because it's going up. And why would you want to sell some of that to put into a share that's going down? To me, that increases your risk because a share going down is high probability it will continue to go down, and one that's going up has a high probability of continuing to go up until they don't anymore. But at the end of the day, I often get financial advisors or People advising people, saying, well, you're overweight in this share. And you've probably heard that a few times. You know, you're overweight in this stock or you're overweight in this sector and we need to sell something out of that sector, put in this sector. And the idea is that, you know, as one sector's going up, one might be flat and one might go down, but overall they'll balance out. You know, And so you have one third of your shares rising, one third going nowhere and the other third going down. And to me, my whole philosophy is don't be in the ones that are going down and your portfolio will perform a hell of a lot better. But I really can't understand that logic of getting out of good performing sectors or good performing shares to put into ones that aren't performing. So to me, I would never say to the person they're overweight in some share or overweight in a sector, like, because if all four banks, all the big four banks were going up, wouldn't you want to own them? Because the chances of all four of them going broke is is very, very, very low, and you're diversifying your risk between the banks because... Um, that's how diversification actually works. Another one we t- that we hear about all the time is is, is index-weighting or weighted portfolios. And that's a, another thing, or you know, buying an index. And so uh, there are managed funds out there that are index-weighted. And really, a lot of people don't un- even understand what index-weighting is or a, uh, that balanced index portfolio. And really, it is ri- quite simple uh, what an index portfolio is or index-managed fund is. It tries to track the index That it's also in Australia, it'd be trying to track the All Orders Index or um, the All Orders Accumulation Index, one of the two. So, what they'd be doing is looking at the index and saying, okay, well, there's 500 shares that make up the All Orders Index. Let's say roughly 70% are industrial shares and roughly 30% are resource shares. So, they would have their money split 70% to 30%. But they would look into the different sectors, like the banking sector, with the big four banks being in the top 20 shares, it takes a big chunk of our All ordinary Index. So it might be, say, 9% or 10% of the index, so 10% of the money goes into banking. Let's say BHP, which is our largest share at the moment, it might take 9% on its own, Telstra might take 4 or 5%, and so they balance it out that way. So they buy shares in proportion as they contribute to the index. And then they balance the portfolio like that. So again, as those shares rise or fall, let's for, for instance, banks fell fairly heavily during the subprime mortgage market meltdown. And therefore, their weighting actually dropped through the floor as well, whereas um, other some of the resource stocks held up reasonably well. And so they'd be taking money out of ones to put into other areas to balance it, to keep that balance happening all the time. So quite often they're doing things that are really counterproductive to getting good portfolio returns to me. And as I said, I just try and keep it really simple by selling shares that go down and try and buy shares that are going up. And, and it really is that simple. I'd suggest for people who have heard some of these terms that I'm talking about and you don't fully understand it maybe you'd like to if you haven't read my book maybe it's a chance for you to go out and get it and we can talk about risk I talk about returns I talk about balancing portfolios I talk about um, all the different myths on the marketplace just to give you a good idea of why um, portfolios haven't performed over the last 12 months or two years and I know when I've been out on the street and talking to people, whether it be an expo or some sort of function I'm speaking at, I've a, had a lot of people over the last 12 to 18 months tell me that just by reading my book, they've saved tens of thousands of dollars, and some people it's even hundreds of thousands of dollars, just by looking at some of the concepts in the book and how we actually, uh, the philosophy that I have on the marketplace, because as, as probably one of the big things I always say, it doesn't matter what the big managed funds say on the TV or in their ads, they don't trade and they don't invest like we can and and we have a whole different set of rules and a whole different paradigm than what they do so by them telling us what they do doesn't really help us uh we you know we are a little bit we are very much different and how i manage individual portfolios is different than any big managed fund and so should you the way you manage your own personal portfolio should be different than what the managed funds do um, so don't necessarily listen to what they're doing; listen to what you should be doing, and and that's, that's what's in my book is how to do all this sort of stuff. Um, For today, I, I think I'd uh, probably give you enough today to probably uh, spin your head a little bit. Uh, some people may not have fully comprehended what I was chatting about, but that's okay. You, please let me know if you have got any questions you'd like me to cover um, with these podcasts. Please send them into info at wealthwithin. dot com. dot Only too happy to uh, you know, as I said, make another podcast out of it if you have got any suggestions. So, But for now, I'd like to thank you for listening and hopefully you've enjoyed it and I look forward to chatting with you next time. I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst at Wealth Within and uh, that's Talking Wealth. Bye-bye. Talking Wealth was brought to you by Wealth Within. To learn how you too can maximise your investment returns, call 1300-SHARE-TRADE.